welcome to yet another episode of Cheers from the Grave. I'm Erica. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Nicole. Woo! All right. So, how's everybody doing since we last recorded? Hungry. Oh, yeah. You still haven't ordered from Domino's yet. I told you to order food. I didn't. That's okay. Why didn't I'll you? I'll grab something on the way home. You I sure? I want to go to Buffalo Wild Wings. Mm. That sounds good. I don't like their wings. Oh, so fuck me. It's all right. Oh, Jesus. Okay. There was a whole weekend where I ate nothing but Buffalo Wild Wings. I spent like $150 in two days just on Buffalo. Oh, my God. <laughs> Damn. Yo. Obsessed much? It's so good. Jesus. I also got their like chili con queso and then like. But we did get that last time we went. We got, it was so good. The potato wedges. I just don't like this. I don't like the aftertaste of the sauces that they have there. That's why I don't really care. They're all oh. spicy. They're spicy. Oh, my God. Didn't he just grab a bag of candy? He grabbed a bag of Teddy Grahams, and now he just grabbed a bag of chocolates. We have a five-year-old in our midst. <laughs> <laughs> much love. Much love. Kyle. It's okay. Kyle edits his podcast, so we must give much love to him. Yes. So, oh, my gosh. I can't tell if I'm hot or cold. I'm, not, I'm too young for hot flashes. You're never too young for hot flashes. Welcome to my life. Dead ass. (laughs) Right? JK. Okay, everybody. All right. Let's let's just dive into it. Okay. Who? I went first last time. That's true. I'll go second. Oh, I guess I'll go first. Jesus. (laughs) Mine mine doesn't flow well starting first. Okay. That that's fine. I got you. All right. So I am keeping on trend with the theaters because the last episode I did the uh, Princess Theater. So today I'm doing the Birdcage Theater, um, which is located in Tombstone, Arizona. Got my information from Wikipedia, weirdus.com, and Haunted Places Podcast. So y'all ready for this? I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. (laughs) All right. So... Tombstone was originally founded by prospector Ed Shifflin. When he was traveling, soldiers at a nearby army base told him that the only stone he'd find would be his own tombstone. Ta-dum-thang. But Ed continued to search and struck silver, so he then registered a mining settlement in 1879, and in a few years, it grew from a small camp to a town of over 7,000 people, and he named it Tombstone! <laughs> like a big fuck you to the soldiers right mm-hmm. yeah so the birdcage theater actually opened up in 1881 and it was owned by lottie and william billy hutchinson they had intended the theater to be a place of family entertainment they even had a ladies night for respectable women to enjoy shows for free yet being that the town was full of minors not kids you know. <laughs> this instantly reminds me of Galaxy Quest. <laughs> oh, yeah. They look like they're about three. Minors, not minors. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, you're good. So uh, because the town was full of minors and shit, uh, this basically proved to be v- not very profitable. So they canceled Ladies Night and began to offer other entertainment to the mining crowd, i.e. a brothel mm. and a place to gamble. So the theater was only operational for roughly eight years, and during that time, uh, there have been many, uh, you know, 
gun gun wars, not like gun wars, but like shootouts, shootouts, and, shootouts stuff, yeah. and stuff. Because you know, oh my God, you looked at this guy the wrong way, and or you cheated in the card game, and bam, a gun. It's time duel, ten duel commandments. I was thinking Yu-Gi-Oh, but I know you were. At this time, right now, like. Uh, they have counted like 148 bullet holes, like within the actual like walls and the floor and everything like oh. that. So, and some of that shit is still there. Like you can still see like some of the shotgun slugs, like just embedded permanent features in this building. So there's a story that comes with this theater, and it's one of the most brutal murders that occurred. Inside the front door of the theater, there's a portrait of a woman that has six bullet holes and a knife slash. And her name was Little Gertie, but she was also known as Gold Dollar. She was a sex worker and performed on stage. Um, yet, however, she did have a man in her life, and his name was Billy, uh, Billy Mill Green. Billy had a wandering eye and wandering hands. But Gold Dollar always made it clear that Billy was hers and the other girls in the brothel learned not to mess with her. He also had a wandering dick. Yes, he did. <laughs> so a new girl came to town named Margarita. And fun story, or fun fact, when I started to uh, write this, I wrote Margaritaville at first. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, shit, no. <laughs> so a new girl named Margarita came to town and she set her sights on Billy. Uh, she was told by the other girls to, you know, stay away because that's Gold Dollar's man. Don't be an idiot. But she was an idiot and ignored the warnings. So basically Gold Dollar had this thing where she would perform on stage. And then when she was done, she would walk over to the bar and she would give a wink over to Billy. So she did this and she gave a wink to Billy. However, instead of him seeing her and winking her back, Margaritaville... Margaritaville. <laughs> Shit. Margarita was in Billy's uh, was in Billy's lap and Billy's hands were a wandering. And uh, so Gold Dollar stared at the two for nearly a minute and Margarita knew that Gold Dollar was watching and turned her head and basically gave her a smirk like fuck you bitch this is mine now. So of course this pissed Gold Dollar off. So she left the room, came back with a double-edged stiletto knife, went up to Margarita, plunged the knife into her chest, and basically sawed her rib cage until she was able to get in there and, get, and basically feel her heart. She then grabbed her heart, tore it out of her chest, and squeezed it until it stopped beating. So it was then when the sheriff ran in and Gold Dollar dropped the heart and ran. And apparently she hid the knife really well. But even, but so when the sheriff caught up to her, they tried to, you know, they arrested her and everything. But because they couldn't find the murder weapon and because she hid that knife so very well, she was let go and <laughs> set free. Despite the fact that she was literally caught red-handed with a heart in her fucking hand. She was let go. 
Like, I mean, I, mean, I also walk around carrying people's hearts in my hands. But yeah, no. but, you, but there's no other weapon, so. She could have been cut open already, and she just got Yeah, curious. exactly. She like, could have just been like, oh, what's this? Oh, science. a heart just fell into my hand. I was trying to help her, and the heart just fell into my hand. Oh, look at that. Yeah, that's the excuse I'm going to go with next time, I guess. Next time? What? No. <laughs> Afterward, gold dollar, uh, gold dollar felt as if Margarita Spirit stuck around and was so enraged that Gold Dollar was set free and a knife was hidden. So it was told that she could be seen wandering around the bar, stuck to the place where she died. Hmm. Okay. So fast forward to 1982, an employee of the now museum um, of the birdcage was cleaning up and just so happened to find the knife sitting outside the door. So he was just like, where the fuck did this come from? And so he took it to have it inspected by a historian, and it was confirmed that it was made in the 1800s. So crazy story about this is that after that, Margarita was never seen again. So they feel that they may have actually found the murder weapon mm -hmm. and that because the murder weapon was found, Margarita was able to be set free, which, you know, can kind of make sense. It's like, okay, yeah. the murder weapon is found. I can finally now find peace. So when the theater was in operation, there was actually a performance called The Human Fly and that was performed. A woman would basically snap her toes into small little holes that were in the ceiling and walk across the ceiling. So she would like snap her toes into holes on the ceiling and then would just basically hang by her toes and just walk. But yeah, that's creepy and dangerous. Mm -hmm. Yes, very. Who's got toes that strong? <laughs> I'm sorry. These women apparently and shoes that are like, because it's not just the toes, like they have special shoes that snap into it, into oh, okay. the holes. Yeah. No. I just thought they were like just their toes free balling it with the no, toes. I was like, no, oh. they, they had special shoes that would snap into the holes. Okay. Is what, so, I mean, not just, yeah, no. Not just towing it. Not just towing <laughs> it. So a woman could be, as I said, like a woman would basically snap her sh toes, her shoes, into small little holes in the ceiling and then walk across the ceiling. Uh, one woman who had practiced all week for this performance uh, lost her life to this act. Um, she actually snapped her shoes into the first two holes, mm -hmm. but then when she went to make her first step, she didn't quite snap the shoe in mm -hmm. all the way. After she snapped that toe in or tried to, when she took out her other foot to do it, to snap in the, the other hole, didn't catch and boom, fell Oof. to her death. So stunts like that, of course, wasn't the only reason death occurred in the theater, of course, with all the shootouts and it being the wild, wild west. There were a lot of gunslingers and drinking and gambling, which turned into a lot of fights. When you go into the museum, there have been reports where you can actually see these, like the Westerners or the miners or um, gunslingers basically just sitting at tables. And when you walk in, you can actually see them like doing what they're doing. And then they'll turn their head and like look at you when you walk in. Hmm. Um, there's also been reports that they'll knock you down or that they'll actually like touch you. Mm -hmm. um, an old standing management, uh, excuse me, an old stage, man stage manager can also be seen walking around the stage holding a clipboard. Uh, he apparently gets very upset if people step too loudly in the theater. Hmm. One of the most famous regular patrons was Deputy Sheriff Wyatt. He even had his own balcony. And because of this because of his fame uh, with the shootout at the OK Corral, the employees of the Now Museum had built a statue for him, complete with a cowboy hat. There have been reports of the employees coming into work in the morning and find the hat in the middle of the theater. 
This continued for six months. Uh, the employees always checked to see if any of the windows were open or fans were on. Uh, that could cause the hat to fall off the statue. Um, employees have also reported the feeling of being watched when near the statue. During, the, uh, during a tour, they actually found the statue had been moved to the box of his enemies, the Clanton brothers. Um, the statue was then pushed back to the Wyatt's own box, and after that, the spirit of Wyatt seemed to have left since the employees haven't found his hat on the floor and that the weird feeling that got around the statue had gone away. So they feel that maybe when his statue was somehow magically moved into his enemy's box, I guess somehow that freed his soul. I don't know how or how that yeah. makes sense, honestly, but that's one of the claims. But let's... Uh, there's actually some more ghosts. Uh, apparently, they're incredibly photogenic and love having their picture taken. <laughs> there is a mirror in one of the most uh, more expensive bordello rooms um, downstairs that often produces the image of a lady in white. Uh, one visitor actually caught an image of two Civil War soldiers standing in front of the museum's gun case. Another place where you can get a good picture is by the poster of Fenti uh, Fatima, the belly dancer. One time a woman had her picture taken beneath the poster and saw another woman standing right beside her in the previous screen. So she went to swap places and basically went to stand where she was standing. But the spirit was like, what are you doing? And then swapped places. So she just went to the other side. Hmm. Uh, there was also another report where a family went to visit a museum and had been using a video camera. The family left ridiculously angry because they didn't see any ghosts and they thought it was a scam <laughs> and a tourist trap. Yeah. Uh, but they quickly changed their tune when they got home and saw the videos. Okay. So apparently uh, when they were filming uh, in one of the rooms that they filmed, they saw a man sitting up inside an antique curse that was on display. And in one of the bordello rooms, they actually saw a woman who was clearly upset by their presence the family said that they could actually see the expression on her face go from shock to rage. Oh. Mm. Yeah, so that's pretty crazy. I mean, if I just, if you were walking in on, if someone was walking in on me on one of my bordello rooms or whatever like that, yeah. I'd be a bit pissed, pissed too, off too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, besides sightings, uh, there's also a bunch of sounds. Girls can be heard giggling upstairs, and you can hear the sound of poker chips being tossed into a game. You can also hear disembodied conversations. People also report smelling the scent of lavender perfume or cigar smoke that can be incredibly strong. Um, There's actually a report where a girl actually had an allergic reaction because she claimed that someone blew smoke into her face. Um, yep, she didn't know where it came from. Yeah. She was just like, someone blew smoke in my face and now I'm having an allergic reaction. Mm. There's also been reports of the smell of death that can sometimes be so strong you have to actually step outside to get a breath of fresh air. Ooh. So, yeah, but that was my quick little blurb about the Birdcage Theater in Tombstone, Arizona. Nice. Ta-da. Yeah. We should go do a ghost tour there. We should. What, what we'd uncover in a video or photo. Oh, my gosh. Speaking of ghost tours, which, like – Forgot to talk about, uh, went on a ghost tour with Nicole. Yeah, it tell was us about that. It was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. We got some activity. It's called American Ghost Adventures yes. in Orlando. They have a few chapters across the country. I work there sometimes. I'm a tour guide. Come check it out. <laughs> yeah, no, but it was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. We um, we investigated this one escape room 
place and got a lot of activity. We spoke to a little girl. Mm-hmm. Um, Emily? Emily. Was it Emily? Yeah, I it was Emily. So. Yeah, it was Emily. And she liked chocolate. She likes chocolate. Have you gone back to and brought chocolate to her? I went once and I put candy on a table with a meter next to it. Yeah. And then we turned the lights off and I'm like, hey guys, if you remember, if there's other spirits in here also. And I'm like, we brought chocolate for you guys. And you could see like the meter go up to like red and go back down and back up and down. Like someone was getting candy and walking away and coming back. Oh, that's adorable. It was cool. Yeah. So we did that, and then... Um, oh, also, remember, like, the flashlight where you put it down, and yeah. hopefully they turn on? Yeah. I'm, I've been getting flashlight activity. <gasps> yes! That's amazing. So they've been, they've been talking to me, so that's I'm like, good. that's cool. Yay, you're becoming friends with them. Yay. That's awesome. There's also... Uh, I totally saw a full-body shadow person. Totally. And then Nicole promptly started pushing me forward because <laughs> we're going down this hallway and then there's another hallway that's off like down to the left and so I stopped and I looked down the hallway and I'm like there's a shadow person and Nicole's like nope <laughs> anytime I'm on a tour I always tell people I'm like whatever you get is real like we don't make anything up yeah and you still see me acting like a chicken shit because I'm like that's real <laughs> I'm not controlling that I'm not standing here <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, no, I want to go talk to the shadow person. Anytime I see any anything, I get any activity, and people are like, oh, my God, is that happening? I'm like, yeah, we better wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it was a lot of fun, man. It was getting, so much fun. I've been getting fun. a lot of, like, male activity, though, because really? I like, put the flashlight down. Anytime I, like, start talking, I'm like, oh, is there a male or a female? Anytime I say male, it lights up. Oh, yeah. At huh. any time, like, they always answer to, like, the male questions with the flashlights. Oh, that's crazy. And I'm like, my boys, Aww. they hear. <laughs> that's crazy. Awesome. Yeah, but I it was... to do one of those one of these days. Yes, we'll all have to go on one because I want to actually video this time because I recorded a lot of the sessions, and there's actually one thing. I have to go back and listen to it again, but when we were in the escape room, mm-hmm. I'm pretty pretty sure that i got the sound of a small giggle but i have to like go back and listen to it again that's gross because i was (laughs) for someone who is terrified of ghosts (laughs) why do you do ghost tours because it's cool it is awesome i was i was having the time of my life seriously i haven't seen any full body apparitions yet and i know the second i do i'm quitting (laughs) (laughs) dang all right I'd be like, be my friend. I seriously wanted to go down that hallway and be like, I want to talk to this ghost. I have to do it every day by myself now. Oh, man. And all the lights come on, and you hear me talking to myself up there. I'm like, hey, guys, I'm back. Wait till we got the guests to do anything, please. (laughs) Please wait till we have other people. And I'm like, I'll be back later. Please don't open my doors. (laughs) (laughs) They open those doors. They do. There was was one that was like, close shut and I left and I came back with the lights on the door was wide open and I go to close it and it's hard to close or open by itself mm-hmm. and I'm like I can't do this well there was a door that started to open when we were on the tour when we went when we started to do like at the end of the tour we were starting to go into the the uh, room for the pictures yeah yeah the there was um what was it Josh yeah yeah there was a he said I was like oh that door is starting to creak open a little bit yeah so yeah there was one with another girl it was with another girl 
and there's a door that we tape closed because they like to open, but they don't, they're not like on a spring or anything. Like it's weird. We tape them shut and they stay shut. So it's like an extra storage nobody uses. And then when me and her were there, we came in and they were wide open. Like the tape was like off. And I was like, okay, maybe that could have been like the other staff that comes around. Something's going on because we share the building. So we put the tape back on it and everything like brand new duct tape, close it. We go into the room to start getting all the equipment and we come back out and it looks like someone like peeled the tape off from one of the corners and it's like coming out. And I'm like, bruh. Yo. <laughs> I'm like, they're getting sneaky. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the entire time I was there though, like I didn't feel anything like malicious or anything. I was just like, this is cool. But there, there but again, going back to when we were talking to Emily and stuff, like we all felt like all of a sudden um, we just felt this weird, like I just like myself felt this weird, like tingling there was definitely wash over me or something. There was something that like just something that just went through us. No, there was an energy like in the corner a hundred percent. Yeah. And that was a corner I didn't want to go into. Yeah. And, and that the was the corner off. that I was just like, I'll just hang out near this corner. No, and I then was I, was the like, I was like, my back hurts. Like there's something here. Yeah. I was like a big empty corner in the room. Oh. And I turned with the EMF and I'm like, please don't be something. And I turned and it kind of went up a little bit and I'm like, yeah, I'm moving. There's like, <laughs> something there. Yeah. Normally, if I'm, like, in charge of the tour, I can handle it because I'm, like, I have to. Yeah. But if I'm the guest, I'm, like, God. (laughs) (laughs) We we can't go into too much detail on it, but please go check out American Ghost Adventures. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun, and it's very highly recommended. So, and FYI, they don't sponsor us for doing this because they're awesome, and... Tours are awesome. Yes. So. And the history is really cool, too. It's not just ghost tours. They also give history of downtown Orlando with, and also, the, like, the other places where they do, mm-hmm. like, where they have chapters. So it's really, really cool. So it's fun. Yeah. All right. Yeet. So who's... Well, me next. Yes, you next. Okay. What you got? So I have another cryptid, and I kind of like this one. I do don't you? Know. Yeah. Okay. So it's um, the harpy. The okay. harpy. Okay. Yes. So a fun little blurb here before I get into like some detail. It's like, beware of the sharp winds that travel at alarming speeds through the night. With them come the hounds of Zeus to punish evildoers. Faster than the most fearsome winds and speedier than the most dreaded birds of prey, they harpies seek to punish those who have wronged their neighbors or the gods themselves. Uh If you see the winged daemon speeding towards you, it is already too late. It has come to torture you before sending you to your final fate, Tartarus. (laughs) Jesus. Yikes. So what is a harpy? Here I am to answer that question. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, it's heard of them. We've all heard of them. Do you know what they look like? Yes. A little bit. Okay, we'll get into that a little bit later. No? <laughs> no? Okay. But Harpy is a mythical creature that arose from Greek mythology. It is thought that they were originally wind spirits who, over time, transformed into the fearsome creatures we know today. There are some theories that they were meant to personify the destructive nature of wind. Others, however, see them as a force created to show the power of the gods, specifically Zeus, who they were thought to take orders from. Regardless of their origin, the harpies were known to inspire fear and terror. There are at least four different harpies that have been named in literature, though it is 
thought that there are at least six sisters due to the legends of the daughters of Iolos. Okay. The harpies were known to have the power of swift winds and were capable of flying at incredible speeds that could not be matched. They were often sent by Zeus to punish those who were disobedient and were known to torment their victims as they carried them to Tartarus. So this legend was often used to explain strange and sudden disappearances. When a person disappeared from the earth and could not be found, it was often said that the harpies were responsible for the misfortune. This was said to be the fate of the daughters of King Pandarus, or Pandarus, which only served to reinforce the fear surrounding these strange creatures. Harpies were known to be violent and full of wrath. They were also hypothesized as being guardians of the underworld, along with monsters like the Scylla, Chimera, and the Gorgons. Oh, okay. I know we covered the Gorgons before. We have, yeah, I remember that. Alrighty. Sometimes the harpies did not always punish their victims with a violent trip to Tartarus. They were also known to pester their victims by stealing food and soiling over any remaining scraps. This method of punishment is listed at least twice in literature, once in the story of King Phineas and the other in the story of the Trojans. So, kind of the location home of the harpies, it is thought that the harpies could have resided in several areas, including Strophate near the entrance of Orcus or a Kretz cave. Of these locations, the most popular seems to be straw fades. Okay. All right, and some physical appearance here. <laughs> you showed her the picture, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. No, I, once I, I looked it up, too, and once I saw it, I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Yes. yes. So there are two rivaling descriptions of the harpies. There are some sources that claim that harpies were beautiful creatures with the heads of maidens and the body of a bird of prey. They were also portrayed as creatures of great beauty, they were often depicted as being beautiful women with wings and sometimes claws and talons for feet and hands. Other sources claim that they were terrible creatures with ugly features. <laughs> they were said to have a face that was so terrible that could not even be compared to that of a gargoyle. Oh my God. And they were spoken of with disdain. And some, and like, and some writers describe them as being human vultures. That is like... A complete opposite. Which it kind of brings up the point. It's like not everyone's going to think you're beautiful. Sometimes they're yeah. going to think you're a gargoyle. Yeah. So it's a, it's a perspective. Not even close to being yeah. a gargoyle. Yeah. You're a human vulture. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. Oh, Jesus. This version of the harpy, which is the most popular, portrays the harpies as having faces that are always pale with hunger and especially harsh in their appearance. They are often described as being ill of hygiene and have a foul stench that is unbecoming. <laughs> Me too. Now, <laughs> those who believe the second description of the harpies sometimes connect these to creatures in relation to the Gorgons. It is said that these two groups of sisters were thought to be cousins, which could explain where the myth of harpies' terrible features came from in the beginning. And I don't like that because they keep shitting on my girls. <laughs> my Gorgons. Okay, origin of the harpy myth. It remains speculative at best. There are many who believe that the harpy creature was simply created in order to describe the wrathful nature of raging storm winds, which often accompanied by lightning. So Zeus. Mm -hmm. And this um, theory there often is the basis for the creation of them with their ties to Zeus. Okay. Zeus, if you don't already know, was thought to be the most powerful god, the leader. And this makes sense that the ferocity of storms would have been attributed to his will. It is also possible that the harpy was simply created to serve as a moral reminder, 
we see these creatures being associated with punishing those who are guilty of misdeeds and those who have gone against the will of Zeus. Their creation could have arisen from the need to find a way to express the extent to which Zeus's anger could reach. Another explanation for the creation of these creatures could have been to serve as a learning tool. Whenever a person disappeared from a society, it was often blamed on the harpies. This makes it likely that the harpies were created to explain missing persons cases and serve as a warning of what could happen when a person was not good of virtue or wandered too far on their own. Mm. Oh, geez. So it's kind of like, watch out or God's going to get you. <laughs> <sighs> Boop. Yep. So that is the harpy. Right. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Yay. Strong there's women. There's also um, an eagle named after the harpy. Oh well, yeah, eagle. and that thing's like massive, isn't it's it? Huge. Yep. The harpia harpija, <laughs> literally. But yeah, the, the there it is. The it's eagle. like the darker ones. Yeah, yeah. They're in Brazil. They're freaking massive too. <laughs> Gorgeous creatures. Very. Mm-hmm. Unless you think they're gargoyle-like, and or not even gargoyle-like. I know, Worse right? than a gargoyle. Oh. <laughs> I'd like to think they just look like Hawk Girl from DC. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. That's a nice one. Oh, what you got so for us, Steph? What I have, it's going to be a little bit on the darker side, and it's also going to be just a, a short little quirk. That's fine. Um, so I wanted to talk about um, Aoki Kahara, which is a forest in Japan. Okay. Um, it is Aoki Kahara actually translates to Sea of Trees. It is located in the Yamanashi uh, prefecture in Mount Fuji. So clearly it is a beautiful landscape area with beautiful views. Yes. Um, However, this forest does have a darker history than expected. Uh, The forest in Japan has the unfortunate distinction of being a destination for people who are often contemplating suicide. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, It has been deemed the suicide forest since the 1950s. Um, and just a little back story of this is Japan is not, um, they're not as open as their mental health as we are here in Western society. Um, so a lot of the times people think it's easier to just take their life than it is to actually actually seek seek help. help, Yes. Um, which is sad. It is very sad. And unfortunately since the 1950s, uh, the victims increase by 10, 10 to 30 individuals each year. So in 2003 alone, there was 105 suicides within oh, the forest. Jesus. Now, not everybody who visits the forest goes to commit suicide. Um, mm-hmm. the, they actually say there are three types of people who visit. Um, the hikers, the ones that go for the scenic vistas, the beauty of Mount Fuji and stuff like that. The... The curious, so the people who go to see if they can find anything of the macabre, mm-hmm. and then the lost, so the people who do plan on going to the forest and never leaving, oh, sort of thing. Um, so just a little bit of explaining what the forest looks like. The forest is literally a very dense and dark, quiet forest. There are trees everywhere, mm-hmm. um, and people often get lost. Um, to the point where the forest workers, the volunteers, and the police that often scan the areas for bodies leave trail markers. So ropes, 
bright colored flags, stuff like that to help guide people back to the entrance and the exit of the forest itself because of how densely packed it is. Yeah. Now, the forest was built off the volcanic ash of Mount Fuji in the year 18... Or, sorry, 836, I believe. Okay. So trees do not actually go down into the volcanic ash. The roots are all up and are, like, coiled over and stuff like that because it cannot penetrate that volcanic... um, The volcanic ash. Yeah. Well, not just the ash, but the actual hard rock underneath it. exactly. So it's often full of, like, craters and caves and stuff, and during the winter it fills with snow. So people who go into this forest who are hikers, experienced hikers, often fall victim to the harsh area of the forest as well. Um, They often say that if you, or when the forest workers are going through the forest and they see like belongings and tents and stuff, they, the people are more than likely not have gone to commit suicide. They're more than likely hikers and they just fell ill to their will. And the thing is, is that the bodies that are often found there for, for anybody, the lost those who have committed suicide are often torn apart by wildlife. Oh my god! And sometimes they don't even find bodies that are in new. One piece. Oh Jesus! In one piece, often they find skeleton bones, stuff like that. And one of the processes that they actually have in this forest with the forest workers, um, they actually go through the forest, and if they do find a body, they have to walk that body to the police. Um, station where they have a specialized room for suicide victims so normally if they're found hanging um stuff like that they're often found with ropes bottles of bleach stuff like that so it is kind of a very dark um forest to go into but it is beautiful i've seen pictures of it and like the forest itself is gorgeous yeah um it has also been this forest has also been romanticized in poetry anime oh jesus uh, Manga? Manga. Manga. And also um, in a book. I know they made a movie one time. Yeah. They did. Loosely based on it. They did. About the twin girls. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I also know like when you go there, they tell you like if you're going to go just to like view it, Mm -hmm. you have to stay on the trail. Yeah. They say if you wander off the trail, more than likely you're going to get lost or you're going to stumble upon something you don't want to see. Yeah. So the book was called... um, Kuroi Jukai, or also Tower of Waves. Um, And pretty much it features a beautiful love-torn heroine who commits suicide there. And the last pages of the book basically paints this picture of beautiful romanticized version of her suicide. And so people, after this book was was released in the 1960s, people tended to go there to commit their suicides because they wanted this picture of beauty. And there was also another book called The Complete Manual of Suicide um, by Wataru Surumi. Um, he named the, the forest as the perfect place to die. What? So they really did romanticize this forest 100%. And the thing is, is every year they released to the media, the police released to the media that, hey, this is how many people had died. Except in 2010, when they stopped releasing the numbers of suicides because they believed that maybe releasing the amount of numbers would stop the suicides, and actually it has decreased the numbers. Really? It That's has. good. Um, also, if you go into the forest, you'll see messages of hope. Yeah. Um, what is it? Nailed into the trees. 
picketed into the grounds. And there's even a sign at the beginning letting you know that your family does love you. And if you are coming here to end your life, yeah, there are people who are willing to listen. And yeah, to help and to you. like please reconsider and yes. stuff like that. So they have them all over the forest, all throughout the trails. But I mean, sometimes it doesn't stop you. And I was actually reading on um, a Japanese website. Uh, a local shopkeeper who actually there's an entrance to the forest across from his shop mm-hmm. has been able to determine who is actually going there for hiking or for leisure and people who are going there to end their life. Oh, wow. Normally, if it's a group of people, they're going there to, you know, just go walk, for a hike, hike take pictures, yeah. stuff like that. But if it's a singular person, he will normally stop and sit with the person and talk to them and try and see, you know what's going on, that sort of thing, especially if they're kind of on the loner side. Yeah. Um, he said that this has actually helped a lot of people reconsider their um, thoughts of going into this into the forest and stopping them from committing suicide. That guy's a true hero. Mm-hmm. He did say that once uh, he looked out and noticed a woman emerging from the forest with a rope around her neck. Um, it looked like she had a failed suicide attempt and was just walking down the street and he ran out, stopped, got her help and took her to the, you know, got the police and everything. So he has actually helped a lot of people, not only who went in, but people who didn't necessarily go through with it or it wasn't their turn sort of thing. Oh man. Um, but yes. Um, so legend states that basically if you do find a corpse in the forest, uh, you have to... Make sure that it is not left alone mm-hmm. during its cleanse because if, if you do, the ghost might become angry or stuck in that sort of limbo. Okay. So they do a process where they cleanse the body, they bring it to a special room in the police station, and they basically take care of it. Like okay. make sure everything is okay, okay. for it to, to leave this world of their pain and go on to the next one without that pain. Okay. And they say that if a body is lost, that is normally why you hear the cries from the forest, the screams, because nobody has helped guide it to where it needed to go. So they're just lost souls wandering it, yes. around in the forest. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. And um, so, of course, some people might have heard about this forest outside of um, history of Japan and stuff like that. Some mm-hmm. people might have come across a YouTuber... Oh, my God. I, I was hoping we weren't going to bring that up. Uh-huh. Um, they purposely went off the trail. They, they did. They purposely. Pers- they purposely went off the trail to find something macabre. That and the thing is, to- is... Mm, I hate him. Mm-hmm. Um, so, basically, the forest gained international attention in 2008 from a former popular YouTuber who actually recorded and disrespected a suicide victim's body hanging from a tree on his YouTube channel. Um, so one thing that I did want to bring up about this is if you do ever go and plan on visiting Akikahara, please be respectful and mindful. Uh, you may see beautiful scenery, but you also might find a lost soul or two. Mm -hmm. Um, and if you do, please contact the local authorities so that they can appropriately handle the situation. And tying this all up, I know that it is a new year. Yes. And some people didn't have the best year last year or might be coming into this year feeling kind of lost and alone. But remember, there are ways for you to get help. Yes, definitely. Um, so if you or someone you know is struggling from thoughts of suicide, 
Uh, there are tons of resources available, both internationally and domestically, here in the United States. And many of these mental health hotlines are 24-7. So please, please reach out to someone if you are contemplating suicide or yeah. need someone to talk to. Um, one of those numbers, by the way, is the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Um, that one is available 24 hours. It's one 800 273 8255. Again, that is 1 800 273 And um, from what we understand, the federal, uh, the FCC is proposing to launch a new three digit hotline, um, which basically connects to that, and that will be 988. I don't believe that that is currently available at this time, but that is something in the works. So definitely keep your ear to the ground on that one. Yes. So, so that was my little tidbit and a little bit of backstory of the suicide forest um, Aokikahara in the Mount Fuji range. Yeah, that's sad. That entire is. story is so sad. But And yeah. That, yo, when I heard about that guy who went, went off the, trail yeah. and did that, like, I'm, we're not even going to say his name because it doesn't deserve, his name does not deserve to be spoken about, like, spoken of Freed. at all. Um, but that the disrespect was just like I I can't even fathom it. I can't yeah. even like I can't. It just it just yeah. that's why I kind of didn't want to go into a lot of detail and depth with that one yeah, because, no, because it does anger me every time I think it about does. it. Mm -hmm. But I did want to let people know that places like this do exist. Yeah. And definitely reach out to your friends who might seem like they're doing quite fine if they seem like they've changed all of a sudden and they're doing a lot of happy things, good things, reach out to them. Because yeah. a lot of times people who have determined that they're going to be taking their life are the happiest because they finally made their decision. They finally made up their mind. Yeah. So always reach out to your friend who is giving away things, kind of yep. loosening up their loads. Always be mindful of that. Yep, definitely. Definitely. So, yeah. That is the Aoki Kahara. Well, thank you course. for that. You're welcome. Cool. All right. Well, let's wrap this up. Um, we'll record another episode in a few weeks. Hopefully, I'll be okay because <laughs> I'm having my neck surgery on Monday. So, hopefully, we'll be, uh, I'll be okay for that. Um, so, cool. Emma, I am talking. Goodness. My daughter is sitting next to me, like, holding up these little pictograph things. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> so anyway, uh, thank you again for joining us. Um, it really does mean a lot that you are listening. Um, we cannot do this without you. So s where can they find us, y'all? They can find us on Twitter at Cheers From Grave, um, Instagram at Cheers From The Grave, and Facebook at Cheers From The Grave. You can, email, uh, you can email us your listener stories or anything you want, honestly, at cheersfromthegrave at gmail.com. Yes, which reminds me, we haven't really gotten any listener stories at all lately. Send them in. So y'all got to send them in because I want this year to be a lot better. I want to have a really good year for us. And we can't do that without you. So send in your listener stories so we can actually have listener story yes. episodes, bonus episodes. Um, you can find all the links that we have, you know, with the Facebook and the Twitters and the email and all that jazz at Linktree, um, at Linktree and that's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash C-F-T-G. 
Um, there's also links on there for our Patreon page where you get unedited versions of this hot mess that we like to put out every once in a while. Um, and then there's also, so if you want to be a Patreon member and help support us, that is one way to do it. We also have our Spreadshirt on there, which I forgot to mention last time. So we do have a merch shop, um, which is pretty cool. So go check that out, buy our merch. And we have a place called Kofi where if you don't want to do um, monthly donations, you can just do a single donation there. Mm -hmm. So, And to wrap this up, remember you can always reach the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. And they do also offer an online chat if yep. you do need help or if you or someone you know is struggling. Yep, and that translates to 1-800-273-TALK. Yes. So it's 1-800-273-TALK, or as Stephanie said, 1-800-273-8255. All so. right. Cool. All right. Well, I'm Erica. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Nicole. And you're listening to Cheers, Cheers from, from the Grave. grave.